Hey, so as you're coming back, a couple things just want to make sure that everybody's in the loop on. Um, we do something um, that uh, is going to kind of start being a part of our regular rhythm as a community, and it's something we simply call the art of parenting at the art of play. And I know not everybody in this room is a parent or even looking to be a parent anytime soon, uh, but we do have a morning gathering. There's a lot of parents at that gathering, and I know there are parents at this gathering as well. So all that to say, one of the, one of the things that we're doing is we rent out the art of play which is basically this big free open play zone on the corner of Broadwater and 24th Street. And uh, we allow the opportunity for any kids that want to come and play uh, for their parents to come bring them. And then for us as parents to have some time, some connection time to celebrate and commiserate and you know all those things about what being a parent is at, which uh, is really good. But on top of all of that, uh, our kids director, who is just phenomenal when it comes to early childhood development and understanding the brain and what's actually going on with the kid and how to best interact and communicate with kids, which sounds so simple, but it's like, it's, it's awesome stuff. Uh, Jenny Bar Barkak is going to be there as well, interacting with the kids. She's going to be mic'd up so we as parents can kind of interact and see what Jenny's doing and, and kind of have uh, that experience as well. So uh, all that to say, it's an open house, 5 to 7, Monday, March 25th. We would love to see you there. We'd love to see uh, you and your kids there if that uh, applies to you. Um, and we're going to have a really, really good time, and it should be educational for all. So uh, that's coming up. The other thing I want to make sure that you know about it's something we've been talking about for a while, but it's my hope whether this is something, uh, this CMYK thing is something that you are brand new to or uh, something you've been a part of for a while. We're doing it on March 31st and we call it our core community gathering. And the idea is this, we, as I mentioned earlier, are here to find a more beautiful way forward together. And we believe one of the best ways to see that happen is to have more voices at the table. Um, and, and this isn't just me and my ideas or people that look like me, think like me, you know, all that kind of stuff. But that the more voices we get at the table helping influence and, and point towards where this thing is headed called CMYK, the better off this thing is. And so this core community meeting is going to be taking place on Sunday, uh, March 31st. And we just locked down our location. We're going to be meeting, be meeting at Yellowstone Valley Brewing, which is the garage pub. Some of you know that. Where you going to rent? that out. First drink is on us, so come and have that. But if, if you are somebody that's maybe just on the, you know, kind of the, the edge of the water, and you're like, man, I don't really know, I would encourage you, come check it out. We're not going to force you uh, into anything. Uh, we're just going to kind of invite you to be a part of it, and you might walk away from it and go, yeah, not really for me. And that's fine, but our hope is that we get more and more voices at this table to help influence and speak to what this thing called CMYK is, because it's the more varied and different we are, uh, I think the more important and significant we are for our city and community and ourselves as well. So we'd love to see you there. Hopefully you can make it 1.30 p.m. Uh, on March 31st. All right. Let me pray really quickly, if you don't mind, and then we're going to go for it. God, tonight, um, it's my hope that as we uh, tackle this subject and topic, that where there might be a tendency to uh, just watch or listen to someone else's story and just be spectators of something, that there would be something about what happens in this room this evening that uh, we would find our story, or, or as we're talking about, our voice in the midst of what we're talking about, that we would be able to leave this space and bring something beautiful, um, something artistic uh, to the world around us, and that there would be beauty found in our lives and uh, the things around us because of that. We love you. It's in the name of Christ we pray. We say it together. 
Amen. Uh, as many of you know, we are in the midst of this series that we've been in for a few weeks now entitled Voice. The understanding is this, that most of us as human beings have a physical voice that we speak from. And, and I think all of human beings on some level or another have a voice, whether it's physical or not, that they speak or bring in to the world. And what we know is that we live in a world and a culture that has a tendency to elevate certain voices and say their voice matters. We should listen to them. We should do what they say. They're the influencer. They're the beautiful, creative ones. And that we find ourselves personally, I found this, and I think most of us in this room have potentially found it, we feel like our voice is less than. And we spend a, a good chunk of our time listening to and thinking about other people's voices and not actually thinking about our own. And the whole premise of this series and the whole premise of these talks is that you have a voice and there's something sacred and good and true about that voice. And the more and more that we can learn to bring that voice, not just listen to others, but bring that voice to these different areas that we've talked about, whether it's your community, or whether it's within politics or tonight, uh, what we're talking about to bring your voice in art, that there's something creative and, and good that comes out of that for you and for the world around us. And tonight, um, we're talking about this specific topic of your voice in art. And I got to be honest, um, this is probably one of those in the midst of the series that I was most looking forward to, but it was also one of those that I was most apprehensive about. Because one of the things that I realized is that uh, about five years ago, when we started this thing called CMYK, there was this pressure that was put on me, honestly, and us to try and start to define who is this thing called CMYK, this new church that was going to start? Who's it going to be for? And people were asking that question that I needed to define who the, that group of people was. And the group of people that kind of came out of my mouth in the moment and we started talking about was, well, we're going to start this church called CMYK. And it's going to be for young people and it's going to be for artists. And that was one of the worst things that we could have done. And here's why. Because as much as, you know, we were just kind of putting some words to things, we really didn't know what we were doing, uh, young people and artists, and there was a lot of reasons behind that. Part of it was Kate, my wife and I were younger, and we were both artists, and we felt like, yeah, let's, we're, that's who we are. Like, people with beards that, you know, a little overweight, yeah, that, we can do that. Uh, it was just kind of that thing uh, that we decided, let's, let's go there. But here's what ended up happening. Multitudes of people. Um, and have approached and me and talked to me about this thing called CMYK. And that label of young people and artists has prevailed. And what it's done is these multitudes of people have said, man, this thing called CMYK sounds interesting, sounds fascinating. And I would love to be a part of it. But I'm not a young person, and I'm definitely not an artist. And for me and for us, as I've said multiple times tonight, we were trying to create this thing of, man, we, we want everybody's voice at this table. But it ended up, what ended up happening is we created some language that was a separator for so many people. And the reason was because for some people, they didn't feel like they were young enough, hip enough, cool enough to be a part of this. And, and some of you maybe have been in that crowd and have been in that space before. Maybe some of you still are. And that's you. I, I, I really mean this. I'm sorry. Because that was never what we were trying to create or do with any of this. Whether it's older, younger, whatever it is, this thing needs diversity. But then that word artists, where for me I have kind of this core belief of what art and an artist is, what ended up happening is the numbers of people that would say, man, I, want to, I would love to be a part of that, but I don't know how to play guitar. Don't know how to paint. I'm not an artist. I'm more of a black and white thinker. I don't really do good with the grayness of life and things. And so they would just find themselves separating from this. 
And that might be some of you in this room. And again, I, want, I really mean it. I want to say I'm sorry. Because that was never what we were trying to do. And the reason I want to start off with that tonight is because we're talking about this idea of your voice in art. And I know that some of you might be in this space going, okay, cool. Like voice in community, voice in politics was already, you know, I was already wrestling with my voice there. But me, my voice in art, yeah, I'm good. I don't know how to play guitar. I don't know how to do painting or anything like that. So you just separate from yourself from the conversation. And as, as much as um, you want to do that, I would plead with you tonight, please, please, please don't do that. Because I believe, as this whole series has been about, there is a creative voice to who you are. And part of that is this thing called art. And we're going to talk about it tonight. But that you don't find yourself looking at an artist and saying, I'm not that, so I don't need to engage this. But please, please, please hear me. Your voice and your art matters. And help us uh, lead out in this conversation. Uh, I, I was so excited when she said yes, because she's just an incredible artist. She's an art teacher. And this is something that she's really excited and passionate to talk about. So would you please welcome our good friend Tori as she comes up to speak tonight. Tori! Wah, 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 wah! Love it. That's a good sound effect. I was trying to do the air horn. Yeah, no, I, okay, it's fine. All right. Thanks for being here tonight. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. So, Tori, uh, we've had the opportunity to connect a couple times and talk about this concept and this idea, but uh, just for the people in the room, what has been your story and and how do you interpret this uh, topic and concept out of the gates when you think about your voice and art? Right. Um, I should start by saying that this topic is very challenging for me, um, this, this idea of voice. And when Matt first asked me to do this, I was pretty terrified, and I've been pretty terrified every day for the last two months since you've asked me. Um, and it's difficult for a couple reasons. Um, I'm a teacher, and I'm very confident in my teacher voice. And you asked me to speak about finding my own voice through art. And I very easily think that I could have shown up in your office when we had that meeting and pulled out some paintings and talked about how my students and my teaching and my art helped me find my voice, but that would have been, I think, a bit of a lie because I have a whole different story to tell, and thankfully, thankfully, Matt was very willing to listen, and it's a hard story to kind of scratch the surface of, so I'm going to start by reading something, if that's okay. That is great. Am I allowed to cuss in the evening section? You can, yes, yes you could have cussed in the morning. <laughs> no, I didn't. She didn't cuss this morning. I, I was didn't. a little bummed, so you guys are. I don't <laughs> know if I can do it. <laughs> I'll try. You can, you'll try, you will try to cuss. <laughs> I'll try here, to just read the words. Here's an attempt to cuss, everybody. <laughs> so, this is um, a section from an introduction to a book I created um, as part of my graduate work. And I'm going to use that to kind of lead into this conversation. On June 16th, 2015, the second day of my graduate school program, I was asked to sit silently and write a list of my deepest personal and or artistic issues for a section of the program called personal performance. My list was written exactly as follows. Anxiety, depression, I am not brave enough. My students are my life, my students are my life, my students are my life. In control on the outside, losing control on the inside, lost. I am not worthy or proud. Body image, everyone else comes first. Speaking up about my problems, terrified to show weaknesses, not brave enough to overcome them. What is my purpose? I am lost. I work myself to death to avoid facing my problems. Why can't I love myself? Do I even have a reason? No identity, no artistic style. I'm worried using art will make it worse. I hate my body. Strong for my students, why not for myself? I am numb, I am lost. 
Why do I feel like this? I hate myself, suicidal thoughts. This was the first time I had allowed the phrase suicidal thoughts to escape from my head and out into the open. Although that list was to remain as private as I chose to keep it throughout the remainder of the program, I was still too afraid to write, I want to die, which was the actual thought that had consumed my mind for years. The process of writing that list and engaging in the three subsequent personal performances opened up an entire side of me that I had, I had been violently suppressing for nearly 10 years. Let me tell you, the entire thing completely fucked me up, but I firmly believed it saved my life. So, <laughs> I said it. That's a great use I of the cuss. word. Yeah, that thanks. was a great use of the word. I, I, I censored it this morning. Um, but basically, when I was 19, I made my first futile attempt to take my own life. And I was so confused and terrified that I had done that, that I had taught myself for the next seven years to pretend like it had never happened and that side of me didn't exist. So I very strongly um, suppressed that side of my voice. And it wasn't until I went to this graduate school program that I was able to be given a platform to share that side of myself through art and uh, these uh, performance art pieces. So when we sat down, um, you in the office you said, just so you, I asked the question and I started out to and she goes, just so you know, this isn't gonna go where you think it's gonna go and, and you, and, <laughs> And you led Surprise. with this. Well, you led with this. You said, you want to talk about my voice in art. The truth is, I suppressed my voice as much as I could for years because the true voice of who I was wanted to kill myself. And I couldn't handle that. And I couldn't deal with it. So you just suppressed it. And you created a false voice that you were living in and was successful in. So talk a little bit about that and, right. and what that was like for you. Um. I, yeah, I, I suppressed that side of me very deeply. It was still always there, and I had always struggled with it. I didn't understand that I had depression. I didn't understand why, because there was never any apparent reason. I always had a really great life, really great friends, really great family, and it just confused me. So I worked really hard all throughout college. I double majored. I, I knew that I always wanted to be an art teacher. I worked my butt off to get there, and I worked many jobs, and I just had this facade of being a very strong person. And I always struggled because I felt like I wasn't really living my true self. That the people that were interacting with you, that was celebrating you, that was getting the accolades for the work that you were doing, you knew was not your true voice and who right. you really were. Right. So you go to this graduate program and you make the decision. I'm, I'm gonna let this, this voice of who I really am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it out. I'm gonna actually start talking about it mm -hmm. and start talking about it in, in some art, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about in a minute, but also just start actually talking about it. You wrote it down for the very first time. You, you started bringing it up in conversation right. with people around you. There's probably a lot of fear. There's a reason that we hide it uh, mm -hmm. because we're afraid of how people are gonna react to it. So what was that process like and, and how did that work out for you? Um, it threw my world upside down. Um, I could spend days talking about the Creative Pulse program, um, the graduate program I went through in Missoula, uh, and I tell people all the time that it saved my life, and they think that's weird. <laughs> A graduate school program saved your life. But I was basically forced to address this issue, and we were put in a place where I felt very safe to do that. Um, and like I said, I didn't have to share as much as I did with everybody in my program, but it was the space that I had to do that. 
Um, and we were given this task at the beginning of the program that we had to do the most important thing about the most important thing. And this was the day after, and I told this to you, I didn't talk about it this morning, but I had, the night before grad school started, I had made a plan. Um, and I wasn't gonna go to grad school. I just didn't wanna continue life, so. Fortunately, my roommate at the time showed up with a box of kittens that I needed to take care of that night. And if you know me, you know that that's like my favorite thing in the world. So I told Matt that that was kind of like divine intervention for me was this box of kitten that sh kittens that showed up on the doorstep the night before grad school started. And then I came into this program and my whole world just turned upside down because we were faced with this task of addressing the most important thing about your life. And, and that moment, that was the most important thing about my life. And I knew that I needed to do something about it. So you start talking about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you talk to your parents about it, your closest friends that have known you for years. A that while have, later, yeah. yeah. Have no clue about any of this stuff. Um, that's tough because they feel like they know you and you're coming to them saying, I know you think you know me, but I, I need to let you know this part about me. Right. Um, how was their response? How did that go? Um, surprised. <laughs> A lot of people, I guess, were surprised. Obviously, they came and responded with a lot of love, um, but I, I was terrified. I didn't want people to change their opinions or their views of me or look at me differently or be worried, I guess. I think the biggest thing is I didn't want people to worry about me. Um, but yeah, the responses, of course, were full of love. Yeah. All, Confusion all the, sometimes. but Yeah, but all the fear you had of what could happen, the reason you suppressed it, None of that came to be, right. essentially. Which, the reason I go there is I think most of us know what it's like. We've talked about it before, this, this separation that we create of who we really are, where our voice really is, and the way people are perceiving us. And we're afraid to be honest. We're afraid to go there for fear of any, some kind of rejection. And, and I'm not saying rejection doesn't happen. It does. But you know, finding yourself in healthy community is about finding your, your voice to be able to speak honestly with who you are. And that fear that we have to just be able to put that aside because someone sees you for who you really are and, and they embrace you, which is, I think, really powerful. So art was obviously a part of this process. Yes. And um, so you wrote what you wrote, but then you also kind of started on this journey of art uh, um, helping you down this road. So right. talk about that. Sure. Let's bring up uh, this beautiful thing in front of me and, okay. and we'll go forward. Um, so in the program itself, we had to participate in these acts called personal performances, and I can't get too deep into it. Um, but basically, it allowed me to express things that were going on in my mind without having to use my voice. We had to basically express our deepest problems without using our voice until our final performance, which was a 10-minute performance. And at the end of it, I was able to look at the 30 cohorts, 30 people in my program who had by then become my family and tell them that I needed help. So when I came back to Billings, um, we had a year, so we have our academic year to create a field project. The field project could be a personal project or a professional project, and everyone knew mine had to be personal. I had to tackle this issue. Um, so that was a lot of things for me. First, getting help, um, calling a therapist and going to counseling, um, telling my friends, and then eventually telling my family, which I think was the hardest part. Throughout the whole year, I decided that I was going to track my progress in some way. Um, and so I didn't know what this would look like, but I basically started uh, creating 
doodles, <laughs> mindful drawings, I guess. Anytime I felt like I was going to spin, which is what I would always refer to when I got in that headspace. Um, so I brought a pen with me and paper, and I would start to draw. And my art, when I create art, is very obsessive, and it has to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist, and I'm obsessive about things. And so this was hard for me because I didn't allow myself to draw it out first or use a pencil. I just had to scratch down whatever came in that moment. And a lot of times it was at 2 in the morning or in the middle of the night or at school. Um, I would find myself having to sit down and do it at school on my prep period or when my students are working. Um, so I started doing these drawings, and I ended up with about 100 of them after the year. And I didn't know what to do with them, um, so I used them as sort of the background pages in a book I created to tell the story. So we have some of those uh, doodles, as you call them, uh, here. Let's go and throw some of those up. So she calls these doodles. I call it art because I still look at them like, wow, that is incredible um, in, in what she did. But here's, here's what's so fascinating about this and a little ironic. You were, this was a part of your process in you finding your voice was, was drawing these kinds of things. Um, and these were never, ever meant to be seen by anybody. Uh, and even the thought of you showing them to us here tonight, there's a little part of you that's like, yep. what's happening? <laughs> Get this off the screen. Because that was never the intent. Where art, for many of us, is this thing that uh, we, we want to create this outcome that we can hang on a wall and say, look at what I did. This is my favorite one. I don't know why, but this really is my favorite one. And I know it's just circles, and maybe it's because I think I could do that. Wobbly uh, ovals. <laughs> yeah, wobbly ovals. But it's for me, there's, there's a, a real beauty to these, but you never meant for this thing to be seen by others. And, and here's, here's why this was so powerful when, when Tori and I were talking. I think all of us, I, well, I, I know what it's like um, as a songwriter, an attempted songwriter, uh, to have these songs that I'm working on. And the thought of sharing a song in process with somebody is one of the most, and I'm being honest, terrifying things that I could do. I hate the idea of trying to show something to someone that isn't finished yet. So I need to get it perfect, like Tori was saying. I need to get it just right. And then you can listen. And then you can hear and, and make your judgments on me. But let me finish it first. And there's something incredibly powerful about the choice to say, this is just a process. This is never meant to be seen or experienced by anybody. But I'm just going to process this out loud as you're doing on, on a piece of paper and now sharing with us. I think all of us know what it's like, whether it's in art or just how we live our lives. We like to live our lives based on outcomes that we're happy with. In other words, we like to show people a side of us or a place in life that we are that we feel really comfortable to hang on that wall or that fridge and say, look, look, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I did. But the thought of someone seeing us when we're still in process and we don't know and we're still working on it and it's a little janky and jagged lines, as, as Tori would say, they're, all of us struggle with that. Even my four-year-old son who colors a picture of Batman, I can't look at his coloring page until he's done. He will cover it. Dad, I'm not done yet. Don't look at it. There's something in all of us that if we feel like it's not done or complete or ready, we're not going to bring anybody else into it. And Tori, through your work in art and what you're doing, was an incredible reminder for me, and we just had a great conversation about the process of art, that maybe art is not so much about an outcome, but it's about this process. Right. I think that we as humans are very overly critical of ourselves all the time, and it can stop us from creating, uh, whether it's art or music or just living life. And that was kind of me for a long time. I was too critical of myself. I didn't want anyone to see that weakness. 
Um, and it, it's still really hard and it's still a process for everyone. So uh, looking at, a, at a, a room of people that, I don't know what the percentage would be of people that would say they're artists or not, but what, what would you invite or what would you say as far as the process of art could be for them that they would be able to potentially find their voice in that? I think just diving in and doing it and not being so concerned with what the final outcome is, um, which it's hard for me. I, I should practice what I preach, I guess. Um, but I tell my students this all the time because they're so concerned with it being perfect all the time. I can't do this, I'm not a good artist, and they just wanna give up. And um, I tell them it's not about that, it's about your effort and the, the process of putting your heart and your mind into it and trying. And if you don't like it when it's done, it doesn't matter because your thought and your heart went into it. Um, it's the same thing with, for me every day, how to live life, you just gotta keep trying, keep doing it. That art is not just something on a canvas or a page, not just an instrument, um, but it, it can be words, just ramblings of words on a page. It can, it can be a relationship, and, and I think the art of relationship and our vulnerability and process that we bring to those things, I think there's a parenting, <laughs> there's an art to that. We all want to be seen, I want to be seen as a perfect parent, but that there's this process that we bring to that, that there's a creative voice that you have and to see that voice is not some some kind of outcome that we hang on the wall and say, look at look at how awesome my voice is. But the the power and the significance of your voice, your art, is one of the process that you're going through and your willingness to actually go through that process. So so what does it look like now for you? Because uh, because you went through this, you got a hundred, you did a hundred of these doodles, and just so you know, again, it's it's crazy because this is not what she wants me to say tonight, but I'm telling you, she put it in a book uh, that I would love for you to check out because this, this is so, one of the most powerful, profound things I've read in a long, 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 long time. I asked her um, how many copies she had because I was hoping there'd be like 100 that we could just give, and she was like <laughs> four or five. Um, wah, wah for us. Um, but um, this thing that was never meant to be seen by anybody else, I think needs to be seen by everybody, <laughs> just so you know, because it's that good. Um, it's terrifying. But, but this is, this is kind of done. It's not like you're working for right. Letters Left Unsent, part two. Right, no. The Empire Strikes Back. Um, you know, it, it's not that at all. I should do that. <laughs> Maybe you should. Uh, so what's, what's, what's it look like now for you in processing through this? Um, well, um, my voice is still very shaky. I'm scared sitting up here and talking to all of you because I feel vulnerable, and that's just how it is anytime I have to talk about myself. But I think it's super important, um, and I think you asking me to do this was kind of a sign because I hadn't spoken about this in years, and I had fallen kind of back into that tendency of everything's fine, everything's great, still with that kind of nagging voice around. Um, and it's important to talk about. Um, I think the voice part of it kind of came full circle uh, in the long run. I ended up going through this process and working on um, healing myself and my mind for a while. And then I created a group, to, a support group, to help my students who were struggling with depression as well. It's called uh, Creative Courage. And so I'm able, in bits and pieces, to share parts of my story with them and help them as well. So, so it's still a process. Yeah, but you're still working on it. Um, because even it's been two years, like you said, that you've kind of gone through it. The tendency is to put that voice back away and even deny that that's a part of your story, but to continually be willing to go through that process. Uh, you said something when we met um, 
about this concept that we've talked about that's a part of the slide behind us as well, this idea of uh, the scriptural narrative of your voice can move mountains, um, and something resonated with you on that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, when you introduced this whole uh, series, I was um, responding to it and journaling about it and thinking about what am I going to talk about when I get up there? And uh, this that phrase uh, kept running over in my head, um, you can move mountains and nothing will be impossible. And I was thinking about, well, is that true for me? I don't really know if that's true for me. And I was just journaling and I had written, I think the moment I knew that that could be true or was true uh, was the first time one of my students told me that by sharing my story, I had saved her life. Which is just awesome. <laughs> and it's awesome because I don't know what the church's fascination has been with the idea of physically moving mountains with their voice. <laughs> like, why do we want to do that? Uh, like, that is something, and I think speaks so much more to what Jesus is talking about. That is something that we all have, the ability to invite people into our process, and that it literally, um, it moves us. It shakes and shapes our world, but it only comes when we're willing to bring our voice to the table, when we're willing to bring ourselves where we are, not an outcome, finished product on a wall, but here's where I am, and here's what's going on. This uh, moves mountains. Uh, so I, I love it every time. Um, so you have the microphone uh, in front of this thing called CMYK Community. Um, what can we do for you? Is there anything that you would uh, like to communicate to us? I think I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Um, it's really terrifying. And if I act weird and vulnerable afterwards, it's just because I had to do this. Um, but I will repeat something I said this morning because I think it's uh, pretty important. Uh, in my grad school program, we were stuck in this giant performing arts theater every day, all day for a whole summer, this big black box of a, of a room. And there was a lot of things that happened in there where you were allowed to be vulnerable um, and open and honest without fear of judgment. And I told Carrie this and I told you this that I think I see a lot of that reflected in CMYK, and even though I'm, I'm new here, I just want to say that I appreciate it, and thank you. So uh, you did great this morning, by the way, but I'll say it again. If you want to connect her or talk with her, she's, she's available, uh, any of these things. The support group that you're doing is for students, mm -hmm. so sorry, that's none of us in this room, <laughs> um, but uh, the work that she's doing is so good, so important, so uh, I hope you get to know her um, and more and more of her story. Uh, we're going to leave these the co two copies that we have up here uh, on the this podium. That for by all means come and check it out and read through it because it's definitely worth uh, just checking out. Um, but by all means, can we please thank Tori for sharing her thank story? You. Thank you. Thank you. So as we wrap up and prepare uh, to receive communion tonight. Um, there's a text that uh, has come to my mind when, it, when in thinking about this concept and this, this idea of your voice in art. And it's Jesus communicating in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's Matthew chapter 5 where there's this giant hodgepodge group of people um, that are present. And Jesus says this towards the beginning of his talk. He says, you, looking at the crowd, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father 
who is in heaven. A couple things. One, I think it's really fascinating and important to note that Jesus is not communicating to the, the top-level influencers of culture. He's not talking to the rich. He's not talking to the powerful. He's not talking to those in politics. What we know is that Jesus is talking to a hodgepodge group of people that they were the lowest of the low, the poor, the ones that always saw themselves under the foot of someone else. They were not the influences. They were not the decision makers, even for their own lives in many ways. And it's this crowd of people that Jesus is looking in the eyes and saying, you, you are the light of the world. There's something important to note that all of us, as a part of our humanity, have a light, a spark, a beauty to who we are, your voice. And that I believe the invitation of Christ is to see us lean into that more and more and more. But secondly, I find it significant that he says this, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. That word works can be translated from the Greek of what it originally is to mean your craftsmanship or your art. That this is a process, I believe, that Jesus is inviting us to create our lives. And rather than seeing, I think it's an interesting thing that for some of us in this room, the idea of Christianity has been this, this thing where we check a box, we pray a prayer, we did the thing, and now we're good. And that Jesus is inviting, I, I see through texts like this, that there's a process that he's inviting us into. And it's in that continual process that we find there's something glorified, there's something glorious and beautiful and good to be found in that process. Not in an outcome, in the process, in our art. Or, I love the way Paul says it in Philippians, he says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. That word salvation, again, uh, traditionally, if we look, if we go back a couple thousand years, this word is not about going somewhere when you die. This word salvation that Paul is using is one of that you would work out your wholeness, your humanity, with fear and trembling. There is an invitation to continually process and be a part of that thing. I know what it's like to be in relationship with others. I know what it's like to show up to this table and to be one that wants to hang something on the fridge and show everybody how awesome and cool and kick-ass I am. I know what it's like to come to this table and to feel that there's a voice, there's something going on, and I don't want to deal with it and to do what Tori has talked about, to just suppress it, to hide it, because I'm fearful of what's going to happen if I ever speak that, go there, and I'm honest about it and begin to truly process it. And what I believe that all of this has been about from day one, in many ways, is to see that you are the light of the world. There's something good, true, and beautiful about who you are in your voice. And that you and I are invited to continue to work out whatever it is, to be present, to be honest, to be open, that we can be the embodiment of love. And it's in that there's something divine there. And so tonight we come to this table, and for me, it's important to note, this is one loaf of bread, this is one Uh, source of juice, (laughs) but that we understand we all break of the same bread, we all drink of the same cup. We are all here and in this together to bring our voice, our process, whatever it is to be a part of this, not to hide, not to run, not to feel this pressure to show ourselves to be anything that we're not, to just be fully here and to partake and know that you are the light of the world and that this bread and this cup is a remembrance of that communion we have with that idea and with each other around that belief. So we're going to play a song, and as always, everyone, everyone is welcome to this table to come take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup. Remind yourself 
but your voice matters. Wherever you are in the process, it matters to keep processing and to create because there's something good, true, and beautiful about who you are. Whenever you're ready, feel free to come forward. As we go tonight, um, I would just have a couple uh, encouragements. One, some of you uh, are in the space. Maybe you haven't been for as long, uh, and maybe it's a different narrative. I'm sure it's a different narrative. But you're in that space that Tori was in years ago of, I know that there's a voice. I know that there's something going on for who I really am, and nobody knows. My invitation for you tonight would be to, to be one that identifies somebody or something that you can do to start processing this, whether it's having a conversation with somebody, whether it's doing some art or creating something around it, whatever it is, that there's something of value behind that voice and who you really are. And so whatever that process is for you, please, please um, don't leave this place without identifying what that next step would be for you. I can assure you, because I've found it multiple times in my journey here at CMYK, as I know some of you have, Tori echoed it tonight, there's something truly beautiful about what this place is and, and what good, healthy relationship is when you can be honest and just have someone look you back in the eye and say, I love you, I'm with you. And so um, do something with that. The second thing I would say, and, and um, I know this is, that was heavy and this might not be as heavy, but, but I, I really mean it when I say it. Um, when we have our core community gathering uh, on March 31st, man, I really would love to see you there because your voice matters in, in helping create this space and what this community and this church is all about. And that that would hopefully be a step that you can take to come and bring your voice to the table. No commitments or anything, but just come and be a part of it. Um, because we need, we need your voice to help create uh, this thing for our city of Billings to find a more beautiful way forward together. So that might be a step that you can take as well. So I sure love all of you. And if there's anything we can do for you, please, please let us know. Other than that, feel free to hang out for a little bit. Uh, obviously, Tori said that she'd chat with you if you want to chat with anything about what she said. And then a couple of those books are up here. Make sure to just uh, peruse it and check it out. There's Just so you know, I don't think we mentioned it. So she had done some writing as well in the midst of it and decided to pair some of the things she's written with uh, the, the doodles that she had done. So there's some text on the page, and it's just powerful when you kind of connect the two. So make sure to check that out if you get an opportunity tonight. So other than that, thank you guys so much for being here. Hope to see you next week as we continue this series of voice. So thanks.